I'm Annie Tevlin. Welcome to Off the Record, the podcast. Now it's just you and me. I respect your privacy. What happens here when I believe this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips. Cause I can't say I've what I would do. Off the record with you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 10. Oh my god. (laughs) This is episode 10 coming to you from Los Angeles, California, with my fiance in the background. Talking down to Fergie and her MILF money song. Micah, say hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, Fergie. Um, fart storm, say hello. hello. You guys know Matt, our engineer. He's always there. He's not always with us, but he's always there. He is. He's like the higher power. Do you want to know something that I was thinking about? Yes, always. Um, how, you know, we're not really sure. Do you know the order that you're going to put these, the podcasts up? I, well, now I'm committed to making this episode 10 because I just said that. Oh yeah. Oh, so now we have to have 10. We do have 10. Okay, so here's what I thought. It would be funny if you keep referring to Matt as the fart storm just willy-nilly, and then you put the one where we established that, like, late in the 10. <laughs> Are you okay storm? with that? I'm Are you totally okay with fine. that, Matt? <laughs> Matt's like the Matt. guy that's just okay with everything. He's so agreeable, and he has great hair. He does have Thank great you. hair. It's getting longer. <laughs> All right, so so it's episode 10. We've made it to episode 10. We are, we've talked about so many things. We've talked about skin. We've talked about building a, building a business. We've been silly. We've talked about coming of age. We've talked about rap music. We've done so many things. Um, and today we're going to kind of change it up a little bit. And we're going to talk about social media and um, maybe Instagram specifically and uh, the benefits of it, the challenges of it, the... Um, setbacks and most importantly the choice that we all have to lean in to social media and also pull back from it um this podcast is kind of spawned by the fact that micah and i over the last two weeks have both um disabled or permanently deleted our personal instagram accounts um I was actually really frustrated. Mine was kind of a little bit more spastic where I was trying to temporarily disable my account. Um, I didn't really want it on my phone. It's I have so many things that I have to be responsible for with concern to skin owl social media um, that I was like, I don't know. I don't want to do, I don't need to do Annie Tevlin anymore. It's not necessary. And then Instagram, I like couldn't disable my account. It was like locked up and then it was sending me and to all these different URLs to disable it. And I was like, ah, ah, and I just like deleted it. And we were sitting on the couch and Micah was like, Whoa, you just, that just happened. Like that's just all of that's gone now. And I was like, yeah, dude, it is just doesn't, it's no longer with us. And I have not thought about it once. There's been, there was a couple of photos this past weekend that I wanted to be like, Oh, cool. I'd like to share that. And then I was like, no, I don't need to. The only people I need to share that with are the people that are sitting here. What about you? Why, why did you disable your account? Um, I felt that Instagram for me was becoming more of a distraction than a positive tool. Um, 
I really enjoyed having an Instagram account. And, you know, part of it was just, I like, you know, sharing pictures of us. I like sharing pictures of the dog. I like getting on the story and bitching about bad rap music. Um, and that was fun for me. Like it was indulgent. Uh, it, it was validating at times, you know, I think that we all kind of get sucked into the, um, you know, posting a picture and, and feeling good when people like it, or maybe someone who hasn't liked something in the past, like there's a like your way, like that kind of thing. It is validating and it's an ego boost and it feels good. Um, but I found myself, uh, you know, I, I would get to somewhere where I was driving like 10, 15 minutes early and I would just sit in the car with the air conditioning on, just scrolling through bullshit. Um, and with, with just aimlessly with no direction, I was maybe screenshotting a couple funny things from like barstool sports or something like that and sharing it with the guys. But for the most part or like cute puppies and sending them to you, but really it was like, is this necessary? And is it entertaining as it may be at times? Is it taking me away from quality of life? And what has changed since then? Like, has, has that been the case? Uh, yeah, it's an, it's an adjustment for sure because of what you said that that you know that m- muscle memory just to like you take a good picture and you want to post it, uh, you want to share it with the world and and be validated and I think that 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 the validation part of it is huge. You were talking about it this morning and it's massive and I want to get into it more later. But you realize how unnecessary it is, you know. And and I uh, when you deleted yours, the reaction that I had like oh oh my fuck, you know. And it's it's this crazy <laughs> thing like wow, what are you gonna do now, you know? And you realize like oh wait, we can still have our experiences and they are just as valuable, if not more valuable, because they're experiences, you well, know. And like, the majority of people that liked my personal photos. I had not seen or talked to in probably 15 years. Yeah. I mean, that's real. Like, yeah, of course, the friends that I see on a normal basis and more often, maybe I'm probably experiencing those pictures with those people. But to have the, and not that people that I haven't seen in a very long time aren't important, but to get that wrapped up in something that is just based off of, um, you know, the time it takes to decide whether or not you're going to like a photo is so fleeting. But the amount of time that I'm spending on social media is not. Yeah. It's like the it's a two-way conversation and one side is is very quick. We're scrolling, we're liking, we're scrolling, maybe we're reading a little bit and then we're liking. And then the other side of it is there's so much contemplation and so much filtering and so much, um, it's just more of a process. And I... I, yeah, there's definitely moments where I'll take a photo of something and it's, it's, um, it's something where I'm like, wait, where do I put this now? I don't have a place to put this, but I don't, I don't know if that's healthy. And I think that that's what today's conversation is about is somewhere along the way, I forgot that I had a choice mm-hmm. because it's just what we all do. And it's, it, it's, it benefits us in so many ways, right? Skin Owl has benefited so much from an online presence. And I feel like I can be myself and super silly and authentic and, and, you know, heartfelt and show all of these sides of myself and people can get to know me better than a product would ever show me um, or show a founder of a brand. Um, But then there's this other side to it, which is if I don't post, will I be forgotten? Um, If I, you know, don't kind of keep up the personality that I've kept up, will I, yeah, again, be forgotten? Will I be overlooked? Will nobody care as much? And I just kind of want to explore that a little bit. And if I take a step back um, from my personal account, will that open up time in other areas of my life? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious about it. For sure. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's such a debate, you know, because I think there are good things about it. You know what I mean? I think that, um, you know, in a in a scenario where maybe somebody is you know, driving out to the beach to watch the sunset and they're only going because they want to snap that picture and put it on Instagram and show everybody that they got this picture. You know, would that person have gone out to the beach at sunset and sat through the traffic if there wasn't the option to take a picture? Most likely no. You know what I mean? So if it's getting people to do things that are quality things that they wouldn't otherwise do, then how bad can it be? At the same time, it's so contrived and is the obsession with taking the picture and posting it then taking away from the actual experience thereof. Yeah, that would be my question. I mean, I don't want to be like a negative Nancy because people should get up at 6am to go see a sunset. That's a beautiful thing to do. That's an amazing way to spend your time. And I'm in full support of that. But does vanity and um, validation become the motivation for that? Like if I go out and I get these photos, that'll spice up my feed a little bit. That will look beautiful with my color scheme. That will um, kind of validate some of the other things that aren't so hot in my life right now. You know, and I've done that before. During my divorce, I would post things that were, um, you know, just kind of really stimulating in other ways or more fun. And and I found myself doing that to kind of offset the moments where I felt you know, like there was more pain in my life where I was a little bit more sad. It was, it was like a direct point A to point B. Um, it was motivation sure, for me to kind of architect a different, a different version of my life at that moment. And, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I know it's not real. I know I, I live in Los Angeles. I see, you know, people taking selfies at lunch. I see people having photo shoots in the middle of the street. I see, um, you know, I've seen what Facetune has done to people's photos. Uh, and I have all this contextual evidence. I have all of this data that's showing me that social media is actually not real. And to take it a step further, you know, and we've talked about this before, I, I kind of recently, I saw a girl, um, on social media who was sharing something very sad and was crying and was very upset. And it was very real. It was very real. They weren't fake tears. It was, it was something very sad. And, uh, and it was, she, she received so much support in the comments and it was, uh, this beautiful thing. But even that left me feeling like, wow, you know, what, what, what part of our life that is done without anybody knowing has value. Yes. And that, that it, it still comes across as somewhat contrived. If in your darkest moment, your social cue or your internal cue is to turn to the phone to, you know, that's what we're doing. We're highlighting all the high moments, all the low moments, and then all the moments in between to kind of sugarcoat the low moments with the high. Right. And it's, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I had to take a step back from it just because I'm, I wish it wasn't that way. And I sound like a little fuddy duddy, but I, I miss the old days. I used to love fuddy duddies and you dip them in milk. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think it's, you said like it's, it's, it's not real, you know, but 
I think in a sense, it's almost like an alternate reality, right? Where Facetune is a perfect example. You know, if you are, you know, there are apps where you can like give yourself a tattoo sleeve or like give yourself some abs or, or you know, you know, change your cheekbones or slap some makeup on yourself or whatever. And it, really, it's just a more extreme version of filters that make you look tan and stuff like that. The filters that are already in Instagram that we all use, of course, like if I'm, I could be posting a video bitching about how contrived and lame social media is. And in that video, I shuffled through the filters to make sure I look good in it. Like yep. how fucked up is that? Yep. Um, but it, it, it is a, it's an alternate reality. And you know, these people who are using Facetune and changing their reality and making that what they be what they show the world, it, it begs the question, sure, it's not real offline, but is it real because everything is online now? And that's what scares me. Well, yeah. So if you have a friend that lives in Detroit and you're living in California and you haven't seen him or her in 10 years and all of these photos online are Facetuned where the person is thinner or more tan, or always has on, like you said, like red lipstick, which you can do in these apps, then if someone was to ask you, oh, how's Michelle or Diana doing? You would be able to, you would, your your reality would be, she looks fantastic. She's, she looks great. Like, she needs to be spending a lot of time at the beach. She's super tan. She's lost like a ton of weight since the last time I saw it, right? These are, this is the real conversation. She's an avocado toast photographer now for her career. <laughs> she, th- that's, uh, am I alone in that? That that is, or is that just kind of like that's acceptable now? I think that is that is in the chaos that is social media now. I think in the this this crazy world that we live in right now, where the internet is new in the grand scheme of things, social media is really new in the grand scheme of things. We don't know how to use it and how to control it yet. So it's just madness. It's chaos, and and I think that is what poses all these questions and all these potential threats where if it it continues to go down this direction, will that just be what's real? What people see on the internet, that's the new real and it doesn't matter what's happening offline. And that is very scary to consider. Um, You know, and and yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Um, I think that you were, you were saying something about the person crying and, and I agree, you know, like if you're, if you're crying and you're very sad about something, but then you're taking that moment to turn the camera on and position it and, and do it, how authentic can that be? And there's this big push towards, you know, with social media being so contrived. And when it first started, it was like, let me show everybody the most perfect version of myself. And that quickly got toxic. And I think people got savvy to it. But now there's this, let me be authentic on social media. And it's bullshit. Because well, I, it's does preparedness steal authenticity. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, how authentic can you be if you're, if you're broadcasting it and calculating it and scripting it or whatever, but it's, uh, yeah, now it's just, let me create this new perfect version of myself based on what's, what's supposed to be perfect today. Well, and we've talked about that with concern to online dating. I mean, you and I were very, very, very lucky and every single day. I, I feel blessed for this, um, that you and I met IRL, we met at a bar and, you know, but I have so many single friends who are out there fighting the good fight, trying to find a partner and are good people. Um, is I say this all the time, like if you weren't in LA, if you were somewhere else, you would, there, someone would scoop you up. But the more I travel, the more I see that like, this is just kind of how it is now, you know? 
given the opportunity to create and craft and edit the first impression that someone has of you, it's then, you know, how do you go into your dates? How do you go into your dates? Do, and I, and this is such an, an, this is a question that I would have for the public, men and women, when you have crafted a version of yourself, you're the funny guy, you're the good looking guy, you're the good looking girl, you're the nerdy girl, you're, you've kind of, you've limited yourself. You've, you've placed, you've placed parameters on yourself because you have sentences as answers to these big questions. Um, and you have four or five photos or whatever it is. So you now go into the state with the idea that you are this person. What is that? What do you think that feels like for people now to then uphold this version of themselves or to be pigeonholed as that person? Right. You happen to be really photogenic and you have a million great photos of yourself. Are you going to be taken seriously as someone who is highly intelligent, very, very funny? Um, or does it, does it create limits? Yeah. And you to take that a step further, you know, the, the built-in insecurity involved with, I mean, dating is an insecure scenario anyway, right? Because you're going out, you're putting yourself out there, you're taking yourself out of your comfort zone, you're meeting new people, you're maybe sharing things about yourself. And that's scary for, for anybody, regardless of how confident they are. And, you know, with this, I can speak for myself and I've never done the online dating thing. And, and again, I do feel very fortunate to have, to have met you, you know, before we would have both decided to pull that trigger. And it's, it's nothing against it because I think there would have maybe would have come a time for both of us where we decided to dabble in it. But I know for me personally with, with struggles that I have when it comes to um, exposing imperfections and stuff like that, given the opportunity to craft this beautiful, compact version of myself online as the first impression, it would fuck me up coming into the relationship. Well, and you've said that just because it's the truth, just because you're saying that's a real picture of you having fun. That's a genuine smile. That's a real good answer to that question. It doesn't mean that it's whole. Yeah. That, yeah. Very true. And, and the example I give is, you know, if you, if I was to go back into my high school experience and describe it, um, on paper, it all sounds great. You know what I mean? I had a bunch of friends and I, um, you know, was captain of a, of a sports team and I surfed before school on Fridays and all these things. And those are true things, right? But I also don't, I wouldn't share the the noise that was in my head and I wouldn't share the insecurity and I wouldn't share the wanting to fit in and all this stuff. And once you know, once you frame yourself as all these positive things, depending on your personality, and I know that I've fallen victim to this in the past and I still work through it to, to great lengths, um, do you feel the pressure to uphold that? And not necessarily does it become a lie, but are you afraid to be whole, like you said? And Well, I think, and what yeah. would be the response if you were to share that on yeah. your profile? You know, would you be someone who's sharing too much exactly and, and, and yeah and, and i think the takeaway is like don't say like oh hey like i surf before school and and also like i am afraid of people not liking me and i have some anxiety <laughs> because of my mom like, like obviously don't don't do that this is all of a sudden an advice thing hey everybody don't do this this stuff but yeah i mean of course you're you you have to by design you make things 
pretty. And, you know, back to Instagram, that's what you do. And if the new pretty is um, authentic, then you try your best to do that. And uh, we were having a great conversation with a friend over over dinner the other night. And she was saying, you know, it was so crazy the other night. We were having this exact conversation. And she was saying, you know, the other night I was super sad. I was bummed out that I like had a, you know, I've, I'm single and I, you know, I can't find the right guy and all this stuff. And I drank a bottle of wine by myself. I was crying and I was upset. And then I saw like this opportunity to take a picture of the bottle of wine, like with the, with my wallpaper in the background and stuff like that. She's like, and I took it and I posted it on social media and it felt so inauthentic. And, you know, the flip side of that would be, okay, I want to post something on social media right now and I'm going to have it be as authentic as possible. So I take this video of myself crying and being sad. And my response to that is, no, that's still inauthentic because by design, social media is inauthentic. You're taking the time to share this and and do this. I've talked myself in circles with this, but you're taking the time to, to film yourself being sad or film yourself meditating. That is the fucking worst. Yes. Because if you're meditating for what meditating is for, don't film yourself. Well, and I, I, I think everybody wants to inspire one another you know what i mean like i want to show someone how i'm meditating and this is how i do it or i want to show you that you're just like me and i'm just like you that i'm single and upset and i can drown myself in a bottle of wine too but that's that therein becomes the problem because anything that we are thinking or feeling we do feel the need to capture Mm-hmm. So the high highs, the low lows, and I think, I don't know how accurate this is for you, but I really want to show wholeness on the internet. I don't, I feel really uncomfortable showing all the good things in my life. Even if it is a series of good pictures, there's always something in there that is clumsy or, um, you know, me messing up something or not filtered or something, you know, I, I try and strike a balance between um, real and not real or real or filtered. And the reality is that I don't really want to care anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I shouldn't feel the need to strike this balance online. I should want to strike that balance in reality. I should want to feel my wholeness in reality. And it's that kind of a thing that takes me off of Instagram, where I'm like, you know, why, what, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose? Yeah. I feel loved. I feel very lucky. I feel blessed in a lot of ways. I have super shitty days. You know, parts of my life have been very difficult and hard and painful. Okay. Same with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather talk about that to someone in person at this point. I, I don't, I was thinking about it the other day, like, what would it take for me to get back on Instagram? And I can't think of a good reason. Yeah. I can't think of a good reason. I mean, obviously we're getting married. I would love to be able to share a photo of that, but anything that I would normally share on my personal Instagram, I would just share on Skin Owl at this point. Yeah. yeah. And Skin Owl creates a really healthy boundary for me with not oversharing because it's a business and I don't need to overshare a ton of stuff, but anything that is you know, special or beautiful I, or memorable, I can, I can share on Skin Owl and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm just trying to limit. I'm, I think the main thing is, you know, we talk about, we're kind of like in the quagmire of all of this and how overwhelming it can be. And, and I, and I do want to say that this is, I'm able to talk about this now and have a little bit of distance because of, because this is a recording. 
and I feel like it's important to get out everything that I want to say and um, and and be accurate and and really speak speak to this in a very um, accurate way. But the reality is that when you and I are sitting at the kitchen counter or sitting in the you know on our bed and talking about this, and I'm feeling overwhelmed on social media, it is an incredibly heavy, real feeling. And I know I'm not the only one feeling this. There is an overwhelmance that I have never really felt in any other type of thing. I didn't feel this kind of overwhelmance during my divorce. I didn't feel this kind of overwhelmance when I moved to LA. I didn't feel this kind of overwhelmance when I started Skin Owl. This is something that is shackling and makes me feel very trapped and makes me feel very small. And it makes me feel very scared for the future and scared for our children should we decide to have them. And um, yeah, I do want to go back to playing outside. Some version of that. And I'm saying this also to the audience that if you are feeling this kind of overwhelmance, for me, what it took was realizing that I'm not really spending a lot of time by myself. And if I am by myself, I'm spending it with my Insta friends. So I have the time that I'm spending in my relationship. I have the time that I'm spending on Skin Owl and with Team Skin Owl. And I have this, you know, alternate reality, as you said, online. But then where's the time in my life where I'm just Annie? Where is that time where I'm trying a new yoga class or taking a walk around Lake Balboa or sitting in a park and reading and my phone's dead or I've purposely put my phone in the car? You know, some people are better at that than I am. And some people have told me that they do that. And I'm so I'm envious of that. I want to have that relationship with social media desperately. And um, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing for me to tell myself and to say out loud is that no matter how overwhelming it is, it is a choice. It is a choice to spend time in that world. It's an alternate reality. It's not reality. It's an option. It's a, yeah, it's, it's one way of spending your time. And just because it's so inundating and so powerful and so like, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, but it's just so accessible. It doesn't mean that you have to access it. Yeah. You know that you said something to me a long time ago. I came home from work pissy about a post that I had seen and there was this girl who who I knew personally who had done some um, – I'm a personal trainer and the the, um, the sports medicine practice that I work for had done like a photo shoot. And this was the girl that came in. She was like a fitness model. And she – so we followed her and she had posted something that was herself in like a V-sit position, you know, and she was in like a sports bra. And she's super fit, you know, really, really lean. And naturally, because she was in that position, she had like these tiny skin folds on her stomach that were just abs and skin. And the post was, um, you know, this post is about imperfection. And this post is about how just be comfortable in your own skin and see even I have these roles and stuff like that. And it made me want to crawl into the phone and strangle somebody. And I was so, so mad because of the big picture effect of what that is doing. Let's say you're someone with deep insecurities or you're someone who is, you know, 
really overweight and insecure about it or someone with any other kind of insecurities like we all have. And then talking about how this are, these are my imperfections. You can have them and you can wear them too. It's so fucked. It is. And I came home and I was bitching about it and you're like, hey, unfollow her. And I hadn't even considered that. And it's an interesting concept because it's like, this is our television now. This is our media. And we have the option to not see it. We also have the option to, you know, by following her, I'm supporting her. I'm condoning this type of behavior. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you know, it is your social network. Yeah. So change the channel. Yeah. Change and, the channel. And that, my dad that was always, a, yeah, yeah. Come on. Sorry. No, no, please, please, please. Yeah. No, I mean, my dad always used to say I would, I, I felt kind of very overwhelmed around um, my family works in politics. And um, during the most recent election, there was a lot of mixed emotions in my house. Well, not very mixed. It was very clear about what emotion was happening in my house. And and I remember saying to my dad, like, do you ever just get so overwhelmed? And they live in Washington, D.C. So this is kind of like, the, it's, it's front and center for them. They're living in it. And do you ever just get overwhelmed by like, the news that you hear and it's constant and it's negative and hear someone's getting murdered and hear someone shot up a movie theater and here and here and here. And my dad was like, and I, I've said this on the, on the Insta live that we just did, like, you know, you've got to, in order to be a well-adjusted human being, you've got to be able to sit at the table of great triumphs and you've got to be able to sit at the table of life's greatest loss and challenges. And that's what you sign up for in life is you've got to be able to stomach both sides of it. You've got to find something in yourself that is bigger than that loss. And you've got to find something in life that grounds that triumph to let you know to to be grateful for it and to feel blessed by it. Because that's not, that's not how it always goes. You're never always just going to feel like you've got triumph after triumph after triumph. And, you know, you've, you've really got to work on that muscle of balancing the two. And he's like, and when in doubt, I flip to the sports page. Hmm. And that's, that's how I look at social media now. I mean, my entire feed on Skin Owl is dogs, personal friends who I love and respect. And, um, like Crystalia and a couple of other comedians and, uh, people that I think are doing good things in the world. Yeah. And that's it. Like I don't my I've I've weeded out, I've cut the fat on all of those friends that are putting really negative bad messaging into the world. Like this girl that you're talking about, it happens all the time. Yeah. It's it happens toxic. all the time. It's the backhanded comment with an LOL at the end. It's a passive aggressive comment with a smiley face at the end. It's, you know, photos of yourself that are obviously, they're beautiful, and you should want to share amazing photos of yourself. But I think at this point, I would almost rather just see, hey, took this awesome photo, love the way I look, abs on fleek, if people are even saying that anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, that's what I want to see. Like, I kind of just want people to own it. Yeah. And yeah, that's few and far between. That's arguably the most annoying thing on social media, that it's this, I mean, we see it in the fitness world quite a bit, where it's these people with beautiful, perfect bodies, and you know they work their asses off for it. But for some reason, they have such a hard time just saying, I worked my ass off for this, and I wanted to show you. They say, I'm in the gym thinking about donuts. Fuck yourself. Where's your because, ham horn? <laughs> oh, yeah. They say, <laughs> so they're in there in the, in the social media, and they're in the gym thinking about donuts. 
<laughs> this is the new app. Okay, and so. now Matt the Fartstorm. I don't even, I think it was just Fartstorm originally, and then it was Matt the Engineer, and now it's Matt the Fartstorm. Yeah, the purple tsunami. Go back to episode three or four, or whichever one we've <laughs> misnumbered. It, there, there's a storyline here. There is. Also, go back to episode three or four and probably just don't listen to any of them beyond <laughs> that, because we go way off the rails. We do. So, um, you know, or, or you know, I, I work out so I can eat cinnamon rolls. No, you don't. You work out and then you eat salad and that's okay. You can, but you can own that. It doesn't need to be this weird uh, pro- proving grounds type thing. Or, or eat the cinnamon roll and be like super stoked that I get to eat this cinnamon roll. Going to work out extra hard tomorrow. Yep. So, or yeah. And then a p- shameless picture of some abs, which, or, you know, maybe just no comment. Put your abs up there and that's okay. I have no problem with people looking good on on Instagram, like you said, but don't try to cloak it in this like, you know, this inspirational quote, stuff like that. Because A, you're not inspiring anybody and B, it's just, it's showing that maybe you have a little bit of shame about it. So you have to craft it in this different way. Just put the picture up there or don't, but don't make it bullshit. Yeah. Um, Well, and I, and I think I, I'm, unfortunately, I think that we are in the minority. For yeah. that belief, I mean, I think I don't know. I would, I would wonder how what the percentage of people on Instagram, if there was a way to calculate or retrieve data on eye rolls, like what, how many people s- go past that and think, ugh, yeah, or go past it and like it anyway. Well, and how many people follow these things that piss them off because of the way it makes them feel, right? Yeah, like, and I mean, I can, we that's watch Vanderpump whole... Rules, mm-hmm. and it's like man, these people suck. I love watching it. Maybe it's an ego boost for ourselves. Maybe it's these people are crazy. I'm not, whatever. But yeah, I there mean- There are friends. There are friends, Micah. Tom, Tom, Tom just opened I heard actually. There are friends. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's we've talked about this there a lot. There are friends. <laughs> Sorry, I've said, I've said it so many times that I'm like, that's the moment in the podcast where I'm like, Matt, can you delete the seven times I said there are friends, but <laughs> well, I'm going to do it again. I didn't hear you. There are friends. So, you know, I think it is, there's this toxicity and we've talked about it a lot and, and it's it's multiple layers because we are people who, you know, being in our mid thirties, we've seen it both ways. Um, we've, we had a world, an adult world without social media. Facebook came out when I was a junior in college. So I was 20, 21. Um, so I, I was by no means an adult when I was 20, 21 or 30 for that matter. But I think that we, we know that there is this world outside of this that is so beautiful. So it might make us a little bit more skeptical than some more skeptical than someone who's only seen this world. So I use the cursive example. You know what I mean? They're not teaching cursive anymore in elementary school. And my first instinct is like, no, 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 no. Kids need to learn how to write cursive, but they don't. Why? Right? So they Mm -hmm. can handwrite a birthday card. It's not necessary, right? You need to learn how to print so that you can learn how to read, but you don't need to learn how to write cursive. So it's the same instinct where it's like, no, no, we used to actually talk to each other and we used to connect and all these things. And now it's text message and it's, um, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and all these things. And my first instinct is to think, wait, no, hold on. That's the wrong way. But is it just the new way? And that's why it's so hard to reconcile because part of me is filled with fear about the direction that it could go as far as these toxic people influencing people or people thinking that they're so much more important than they actually are or being so consumed with this social media alternate reality that they're not focusing on their real reality. But what if this new way makes it so that this is the new reality and we're just old? So 
do we need to adapt or do we need to push back? And I always find myself trying to reconcile that. And it's a hard place to be. It's a very weird gray. Yeah, I think you just summed up so much of what a lot of people are thinking. I, I, I don't know. I feel like we need to do another podcast on this, to be honest, because there's there's so much. And I, I want people to actually listen to this episode and then comment on it and then actually talk about it again. Because I am so curious to know if we are the only people feeling this. Mm-hmm. Not, of course, we're not the only people, but are is this the minority? Am I just like bitching on deaf ears? You know what I mean? Does, is this just not, do I need to get with the program? And until I know how comfortable I am with something that is so unregulated, I feel like I've got to, I've tested the waters in it and now I'm just testing the waters out of it. And I, I will impart this to anybody who's feeling this way. You know what I mean? Just remember that you have a choice. Yeah. You have a choice in how you choose to spend your time. Is your phone plugged in the bathroom? Is it plugged on your nightstand so that you have access to it? Are you spending time with your loved ones and fubbing them, which is a new term that I found out about, f- you know, phone snubbing people? You're half listening, half typing. Um, are you sitting in silence with people on your phone when you could be stirring up conversation? It's just things to consider. It's just things to consider and how someone's life might change from just little micro connections with people to kind of stimulate and let people know that, you know, we're all human and we all want that. And it might feel good if you do it. So um, we have to wrap this one up early today because we spent so much time on our Insta Live. We literally had like a 50 minute Insta Live. Um, But, uh, and I know that that's probably disappeared now that you guys can't listen to that, but it's all good because we covered a lot of it here and we're going to do more of these podcasts where we can kind of dissect a little bit of um, how self-care should play a role in today's Insta and interworld. Um, do you have any other notes that you kind of want to leave on or, um, um yeah, thoughts? I mean, I, I, I love that. And I think that it's, it's a fascinating topic to, to talk about. And I think that we should, I mean, assuming that the people want to hear it, you know, I think that we should continue to have, have discussions about this because it's, it's so layered. It's so deep. Um, and you and I come from two different, two different angles, you know, like it does upset you more than it upsets me. But the reason why it doesn't upset me is because I know that I'll always have my bubble. So fuck what other people are doing. But you know, I mean, maybe that's not the healthiest thing in the world because it's being ignorant to a, an epidemic. So yeah, but I, yeah, my access because of, because of skin owl, I'm it's maybe it's just two different roles. You know yeah. what I mean? If I just had a personal Instagram, I wonder how I would feel about this. It would just yeah. be very innocent. But having a, a an online presence and feeling the need to upload, you know, to up to uh, uphold, excuse me, an online presence, I'm just I'm on it more. Yeah. I'm creating. I'm posting more. I'm creating content, Insta stories now. IGTV, right? It's just as a business, it kind of feels like if you want to be relevant, you've got to do all of these things, and it's just overwhelming by nature. For so. Sure. I'm going to find my sweet spot. I'm going to remember that I have choice. I'm going to exercise that choice and I'm going to do what feels good. And I'm not going to do what doesn't feel good. And I'm just going to try and keep it that simple. 
I think that's that's the moral of the story. It's it's there is a place for social media in this world, and and there may there may come a time when people push back a little bit because we're losing real human connection and we're losing these parts of ourselves that we used to have that we don't have anymore. And there's always a chance that we don't. And human psychology just adapts in what I would feel would be the wrong direction, being living too much in this alternate reality. But the fact of the matter is, we do have a choice, and you can find that sweet spot with the existence of social media. Um, and the other moral of the story is I don't like Drake's new album. If there was ever a time <laughs> for a ham horn, that's it. But instead I'm going to, I'm going to race you to the iPhone. We're going to see who can play something first. Okay. You won. No, let me Anyways, play that. on that note, uh, love you guys. We'll see you next time. Kind of no into this again? short podcast thing. I'm not into the short the short podcast thing, especially because in 35 minutes you played MILF Money twice. <laughs> Let me take us out. Bye guys. Let me take us out. Matt, do not turn now that it's off. Just you and me, I respect your privacy. What happens here when I believe this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips. Cause I can't say I'm not what I would do. Off the record with you.